Welcome to Real Faith, Real Talk, where protection is foster and sculpture is impact. Today, we're going to continue our talk with our special guest, Pastor Kenny Roy Diaz. So far, the talk has been super real and super awesome. We're going to pick up the conversation right where we left off. Yeah, and to your point before about making sure people are equipped, I feel like the biggest thing that churches fail to do is equip people with identity because um, yep. all of the things that we're talking about, like, like liberating people, heal, praying for miracle signs and wonders, like we say equipped, and sometimes you know people get the idea, it's like I need to know a, a gazillion Bible verses, mm-hmm. I need to know a gazillion kinds of prayers, I need to know the name of every type of demon, yep. and that's nowhere in the word. No. You know, we were equipped with being sons and daughters. Yep. We were equipped yeah. by grace and by mercy yes. and the authority that Jesus gives us by faith. You know, people who That's believe will see miracles, signs and wonders. They'll, they'll uh, give sight to the blind. They will cast out demons. Yep. But faith comes grounded in identity. Yes. If you know who you are in yeah. your relationship with God, you know who God is. You identify yourself by identifying him. Yep. All those things will follow. Yep. Those things are just going to come naturally. The Holy Spirit's going to teach you how to do it. That's how I learned how to pray. Yes. That's how I learned how yes. to worship. That's how I fall in love with the word. It wasn't there was a pastor who was sitting here obscurity going with it. It was just on Spirit. my own. I love Jesus. I picked up my Bible. I love reading this. I got revelations about how the kingdom of heaven works. I got revelations about how to pray, how to worship, all that. Yep. And God does all of it. But if I didn't first identify myself as a son of God, as the one whom Jesus loves, then I would have never stepped into any of I would have never been the one preaching on the trains. That's the foundation that needs to happen. Yes. yes. And in the beginning when we started talking, Sammy had the first question. That's the that's the answer that came to me is identity. Yep. Because if we look in 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 the Old Testament, when somebody identifies somebody of who they were, they will say, Okay, David, son of Jesse. Exactly. Jesus, son of, of Joseph. Yep. So if we call ourselves followers of Christ, there has to be an identity now that's rooted in us saying, I am Kevin and I'm a child of God. Exactly. I'm a child Amen. of Jesus. And I know he is my father. And he's not just my God, but he's my friend. And that, yeah. see, I love what you said that because Romans 8 clearly says that we've been given a spirit that can now say, Abba, Father. Yes. And some people are still stuck of like, wait, I have that? Mm-hmm. And then in, T- in Timothy, it's like not a spirit of fear, timidity, but a spirit of a love, power, and a sound mind. So like all those things have to take place. And I think we're not really teaching identity. We're teaching more cultural tradition that sounds and looks like Christianity. Yeah, yeah. But I think there's also something to say about those that, you know, identity isn't something, at least in my experience, that is just given to you. You have to search for your identity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that you have to want and desire. Yeah. There's a bunch, of, there's a few young people that I know that they haven't had an encounter with Jesus yet. And they're saying to themselves, and I think um, I've heard others to mention it that like Jesus, like God just hasn't revealed himself to me. Mm. Like God just doesn't want to talk to me. I don't know who Jesus is, but it's not my fault. Mm. But it's like, what are you doing to get to know Jesus? Right. You know, I feel like um, the church, and I don't know if it has to do with this generation, the, the way that the world is, it's just a lot of like, give me, give me, like mm. come to me, come to me. But from what I hear too from our um, testimonies about how we got saved, there's a moment of intimacy that had to happen or something like catastrophic, like something in our soul had to happen that would that cried out to the Lord yeah. in which he responded. Mm. You know, so I think there's something to say too about teaching people how to go and search for Jesus. Right. Yeah. I think it's That's also good. a journey. I didn't knowing who you yes. are in Christ is a journey. It's yeah. not something that you're just gonna find the first day yeah. or the second mm-hmm. day. It's That's a journey so of encounters with your God. And like we said from the beginning, 
God is a relational God. Jesus is a relational God. So if, if we're not seeking that relationship, yep. then that's where it stagnates there. Yep. That's where it's going to be forever because right. there's no no journey to it. If if we talk about a child and we're saying we're trying to find this, this child's going to find their identity, who they are, when they grow up, who they want to be, whether it's career or what they want to do, or what their passions are, they don't know it at the age of five. Right. They, they might say, I like this, I like that, but really it's through a journey of growing and knowing, getting to know people, yeah. getting to know. That's how you find your identity. Yeah. And the same way is in Christianity, in Christ, because you're learning to know who you are in Christ. You learn to know what you like and dislikes and whether your passions, whether it's in leadership, whatever it's ministry, or whether it's other things, because we believe that ministry doesn't always mean, or the calling of God means you're going to be in the pulpit. It yes. could be something else that God is calling you to do. 100%. Um, that is not based on a pulpit or inside a church. If they called you, like if God calls you to be a father, a mother to yep. multiple people, not just your own family biologically, but if that's where the calling is, that's where the calling is. Well, that's your identity in Christ now. Yeah, that's, uh, well, that's so good you said that. Um, like I think, uh, especially when it comes to identity, like that whole thing has to, like you said, keep unraveling. Yeah. It has to keep becoming something. You can't just be like, Lord, give me identity. Mm. You know, it has to be something that God's like, okay, through our relationship, you're going to identify more with me. For instance, you said, you know, back in whatever year you had your encounter, it's been different now, right? Yeah. Like, you know who God is and who Jesus is that much more. Yeah. But you're not done yet. <laughs> you yeah. know, so like, yeah. that's going to happen and keep going. And I feel like that's what we have to emphasize that. Like, Lord, I'm in this, I'm in this thing. But I think for people listening right now, if this, I hope this helps you. Maybe you're struggling to have your identity or have that process, but what you need is the objective, like what Ika said. Have the objective of like my mission. Like when I had my encounter, my only prayer was, Lord, break my bad habits. Wow. Everything else means nothing to me. I could relate to that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. at this point, like I'm fed up with girls, with money, with sports. I just need you. Come on. So if yeah. I if my objective is just you, it doesn't matter if it's a day or a hundred years, God knows what's gonna happen. And God already knows you're there. Mm. Because put it this way. The word says that he draws you, the, the sun draws you near to the heart. So you didn't even do anything. God put something in you, you uh -huh. received it, and then you acted upon it. That's, yeah. yep. And that's confirmation of saying, God, this needs to happen. And then slowly, like surely, like what Kevin said, you're going to start finding yourself like, I can identify more and I feel more purpose-filled yeah. because of that. You know, and to add on too, the word does say that God is not, he's not of this world and the flesh will never understand the things of the spirit. And therefore also it says that we are not from this world. Yep. You know, so with that, what I'm trying to say is that if you really want to identify with Jesus and get to know Jesus, it's going to hurt you. Like it's not, yes. gonna, it's not this la-di-da, like no. now it's, now I'm on a green pasture, yeah. I'm the sheep of the Lord. Like it's going to take sacrifice, like you were saying. Yep. It's going to take leaving the girls, it's going to yep. take leaving the clubbing, leaving the drinking. Yep. Wow. Like things that you want to do, yeah. you're going to have to force yourself and be like, no, but what does Jesus want me to do? Exactly. And learn it his way, which is different from anything you've ever done before because he is of spirit and you were working before in the flesh. And that's what my book, again, is also about. Like mm -hmm. it's about like, you, I can't just be like, okay, can I have the best of both worlds? No, I needed to change yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had so to be good. a 180 because I can't go pursue Jesus and then go pursue the world and then yep. say, I know God. Because yep. yeah. you don't. Because, you know. To ask you guys the question, you can kind of answer it some, but I wanted to ask it so we can get a full answer. Is that, um, uh, well, how can we find out who Jesus is? We're mm. talking about we got to learn who Jesus is. Right. What are we going to do? Ika brought up, you know, it's going to take sacrifice. It's yeah. not going to be doing what you want, but what do I do if it's not what I want yeah. in order to find him? That isn't, that's like the million dollar question. I feel like the question is how, you know, how do I get to know, G if I really want this Jesus you're all talking about today, how do I do that? Uh, I would say this, I, I just said it briefly a little bit, I'll touch more on it now. Um, first of all, you know yourself more than anybody, you know, so if you're listening to this now and you're like, okay, like, 
how do I get to know Jesus? I spoke to someone recently and they were like, um, I'm in this toxic relationship. You know, I'm like, okay, so what's going on? Oh, he beats me, this and that and that. Uh, and it hurts and I, you know, it, you know, but, I, but he loves me. I'm like, how do you how do you take all of that and make a definition that he loves you? You know, oh, yeah. what I'm going with that is that she needs to realize that you need to openly understand and admit and acknowledge what's happening before you. Yeah. And I think a lot of people they don't because the world even the word says that they're veiled at this point. Mm-hmm. If you have to, if you really want to pursue Jesus, you have to get to the point like I gave my friend Rafi the advice: give all your non-negotiables and put them right there. The things that you never mm-hmm. want to give to anybody. That's good. And say, okay, Lord, I've tried because with me it's like. I told God, I'm like, Lord, I want to know who you are, but still holding on to who I am. So how do I let go of that? It's not like a physical, you don't let go of a pole, you know? So what I started doing was I took all my money and I put it in the offering. I'm done with my money. I quit my jobs and I stopped talking to my friends. Why? Because I wanted complete radio clarity. Come on. I wanted to get to the point where I'm like, okay, if you're going to show up here, I've done my part. Right. I've made I've it removed, so easy for you to show up. Sold out. Because, yeah, ex- ex- and that's the thing. People think that that's like more of like, oh, like that's only occasional. No. Everybody goes through that. Yeah. Everybody has to get to the point where God says, this is the ultimatum. He says it even in the Bible. Today I present to you life and death. Which one you choose? Whatever you choose, heaven will be the witness against you. So for me, it's like, okay, I wanted Jesus. I didn't get it in church. I didn't get it through my parents. What do I have to do? You have to get to that point of being fed up with everything else. Oh, yes. If you're not fed up with everything else, what you're going to do is you're going to keep resurrecting the things that are killing you, and you'll never get to the point where you meet Jesus. So for me, I'm like, okay, God, if all of this is in the way, I'm going to take just one big swoop and clean everything. Wow. Now, it's going to hurt because, like you said, Sammy, sacrifice because there's something you love. If you're addicted to sex, to drugs, to alcohol, it hurts. You're going to have, you know, these weird things. You want to go back to them. You're going to have the shakes. You're going to have relapses. But you have to realize this is what I need. Because if you really want truth, that you're going to pursue with all your heart. Yeah, and I have an exact testimony, something that happened to me to like back up everything that you just said. When I first got saved, I remember, well, there's something like a slogan that I stuck on to. And it's, I kept asking myself, are you tired of being sick and tired? Yes. You know, and that would push me forward. It's like, yes, I am tired of being sick and tired. So I'm willing to do that. Mm. Um, When I first got saved, I was, before I got saved, I was into the drinking, the partying. Like I was... Doing. <laughs> News to Sammy? <laughs> no, like like I was sleeping around. Like I, I was I was lost because yeah. I didn't know who I was. And when I got into college, I was like, this is my time to know myself. There we go. So I dipped into everything, you know. Um, but when I got saved, I was like, no, like I, everything that I was doing got me to the point where I was tired of being sick and tired. Oh, yeah. So I'm gonna drop all of that. I dropped my friends cold turkey. I went to my roommate. Um, she was sleeping with me across from the room. And one end of the night, I'm like. Um, I, I have I have news for you. She's like, what do you mean? I said, I won't be able to be your friend anymore. And um, I love you, though. And I'm a new Christian, yeah. so I didn't know like that. I, sh- I could have said it in a way that hurt her less. <laughs> I was a little too bold about it. But I dropped, I, I stopped talking to her. I stopped having the parties. I stopped inviting people to my dorm. Like, yeah. I stopped, I, I broke up with my gr- with my boyfriend. Like, I, I left everything. And then one day, I had the relapse, you were saying, like the shakes. Yeah. And it was around Valentine's Day. Mm. And I was like, uh oh, I'm getting the feels. Like, I miss having people around me, my friends. Danger of culture. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you know, the partying, the guy, the, the, you know, just a group. And I went to the Holy Spirit in prayer, in myself. I was playing cards in the living room because I was just fed up that day. I was like, it's like, you know, when you're shaking, like, I feel the call, like, so strong to go take take, like those 10 steps back. And I go to the Holy Spirit and I'm, I'm like, Lord, if you don't tell me that, 
everything that I did was for you and I was being guided by you, mm -hmm. then I'm going to go back. Because I did those things thinking that it was it was going to get me closer to you. Exactly. So I'm giving you this moment. Not to say, don't ever put God in a corner. That's not what I'm saying with right. this. But <laughs> I need you, Jesus. I'm calling on you right now. Right. Like, go on the edge of a bridge. If you don't talk to me right now. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I hope you get guilty. But, <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's worse. But when I said this to the Holy Spirit, can you believe that for the first time ever in a vision, almost in floating letters, I saw the word Ezra. And in the moment, I had never read the book of Ezra. Oh, I've never wow. heard of the book of Ezra. I don't know what Ezra was. Right. Like, okay, I don't Ezra. know who the heck is Ezra. But then in me, I was like, no, that's a book from the Bible. And I was like, no, it can't be. I go to my, buy my Catholic Bible because I was like a few months in the right. Lord. I open it up. I'm like, there's Ezra, Ezra. right there. I was like, <laughs> <Dude exists. laughs> when I read through Ezra, I saw exactly like at the end, Ezra was sent by the Lord to basically separate the children of Israel from the women. They had mixed with the pagan yeah. women. They had a, like, like, accepted them, had kids with them, like mixed yeah. them with the religions. Mm -hmm. And God was uh, used Ezra to tell them like, no, like you are my holy nation and you're not mm -hmm. from them. And he ordered, like basically asked them to leave everyone. And they left all their wives. They wow. left all the pagan yep. thing. They left everything. And God was telling me, it was me who sent you to do that because you don't belong there anymore. Yeah. So with that, what I'm trying to say is that when you do cry out to the Holy Spirit in your moment of need, because we are talking about sacrifice and it's going to hurt, because Jesus knows the desires of your heart to get to know him, he's not going to let you do it by yourself. Yes. Yeah. You know, like there's a strength that comes with it. So I, uh, just quickly, I think Jesus says in a, in, a, in, a ver in a verse somewhere, it's like tonight there is loss, but but joy comes in the morning. Joy comes yeah. in the morning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna it's gonna hurt. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I um we're actually like right now uh, going through with some young adults, like we're giving them just counsel through what they're going through in life, and uh, one <laughs> one of them that we we're talking to, they they like they're really wondering, like when is the time coming for like the person, like my spouse, you know. I'm okay. So you recently had you know interactions and things didn't go. You're right. But then they're like, okay, I'm gonna go for it. But then we have conversations every week, and what ends up happening is like, oh my God, it's Valentine's Day. Okay, we'll work through that. Oh my God, it's St. Patrick's Day. Oh my God, it's Flag Day. And I remember him giving me a flag. flag it's like, day? yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like, so it's like it's at the point where I'm like, why I'm mentioning that is going back to the the disgusting influence of culture. Yeah. Culture will constantly be like, oh my God, it's Christmas. Someone has to buy me a gift. You ever heard like cuffing season? So it was like right oh, after yeah. uh, right after Halloween, right? Everyone wants to get cuffed for Thanksgiving and for Christmas, right? And then break up in January, or then get back together in February. You know, so that's listen. It sounds stupid, but that's a cycle that we live in. I've met so many people who live by that. I, we met a girl one time who told me, when it's when I wake up and it's rainy out, I'm already sad. I'm like, so you're giving the devil that much power? Like, if it rains, what if you live in San Diego? I mean, in Seattle. You're, you're, yeah. Where it's always raining. Right, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, so for me, it's like, when we look at those things, we have to be so careful because you have to jump out of culture, too. Yeah. Not only your own vices and struggles and addictions, but jump out of the cultural realm because it's going to tell you, it's, listen, this, all the culture is one big pot stirring. And the stick comes by air. It's like, yeah, every three, 365 days, it comes back. And it's just the same cycle. Yeah. So you have to get to the point where I'm not only fed up with um, myself, but even living this like this little hamster wheel of what life is. Mm. I want to jump out of this, and I want to actually run for Jesus. I want to go pursue the truth behind this. So there has to be sacrifice. There has to be a glass-shattering moment that I call where it's like you break free from the, the glass container, and you say, okay, I'm in obscurity i'm in a, a very unknown place but that's exactly where you meet jesus yeah. you meet him in the unknown places because you keep trying to find him in the places you know which are the addictions and everything and then you're feeling even worse about yourself but break from that and trust me god will meet you right there but it takes boldness it takes sacrifice you know 
those listening right now, I wish I could tell you that it's just easy. Like he comes in your life and everything goes away. But the truth is what you first need is redemption. You first need to have your soul to acknowledge I've been saved. Then you yeah. then, then from there relationship goes, then the addictions are handled with. But that's what God wants. He wants to bring you back into his presence, you know? Yeah. So like you have to have that moment. But I'll tell you right now, it'll be probably the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. Because again, you're so used to and conditioned to what culture produces every single yeah. day mm-hmm. rather than what heaven's living. And if you really knew the truths about heaven, you would give them up in one second in a heartbeat yeah. for culture. Definitely. I think that what makes it hard though is how long it takes. You know, like we we like we were talking about earlier yeah. with our testimonies. Like there's that one night where we have an encounter and Ken was talking about like it was like white and then there was another night and then there was another one. Yep. It's a process. Yeah. And yep. I I I I had learned this because um I heard someone talk about that there's a moment where you accept Jesus for the first time. Yeah. But that's not the only time. You say yes every day. You yeah. get up. It's yes to Jesus. Yes. Because, you know, the world isn't going to stop. The analogy you gave, it's not going to stop stirring. No. Things are nope. still coming. The process is still happening. The, you know, whatever, the politically, whatever, socially you're having in your own household, like, yep. it's, it's going to happen. Yep. Jesus in your life is, like you said before, it's the friend who's with you, the partner in there, in the midst of your struggle. Yeah. But you have to choose to open up and pray to Jesus, pray to God about what you're going through. And I think that's... That's such an important part about getting to know who he is. It's inviting God into the situation. Yeah. Because I feel like oftentimes when we're well, with those things, those sins that we were attached to were vices for us. There were things that we were using to fill us up. But we have to make the decision daily that now I want to try letting Jesus be the thing that fills me up. Yes. And when we do that, we begin to understand all the things that he is for us. We begin to understand, oh, he is my joy. Mm-hmm. He is my peace. He is my rest. Yeah. And he begins to fill in the gaps in our own hearts. Like Kevin was getting the analogy, like the cracks in his soul yeah. get filled by Jesus. Jesus, but we have to willingly make the decision to say, I need you in this moment. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's tough, too, because uh, Jesus says something that kind of, like, makes some people, like, hesitate to, to, to embark on this journey because he says that, you know, the path is narrow of life and mm. few find it, right? What he's basically declaring there is that we're the minorities. So you're not going to be finding, you know, crazy, passionate Christians everywhere you go. Right. But you are that crazy, passionate yeah. Christian. So you have to realize, I think I met so many people who are like, oh, I'm very discouraged by the people around me. I'm like, you mean the people that are unsaved and predestined to be unsaved around you because you're supposed to be the one that shines light for them and bring the gospel to them? Like, you yeah. can't be like, oh, everyone has to be praising God because that's a fantasy world. Mm-hmm. If God called you and, and set you apart and filled you with his spirit, you have to be the person and say, I'm the one bringing the life to the party. I'm the yeah. one bringing, you know, and that comes with a change of lifestyle. You know, I think that's why so many young Christians who are so like, listen, I love y'all, but you keep asking me the questions like, can I drink? Can I smoke? You don't know who God is yet because you still think that God is is, is an extension of your party life. Like, no, he's not a, a blesser, a genie, a baptizer of your of your wretched lifestyle. He's a transformative God. So whether you're 50, 60, 7, whatever it is, he's going to transform that. And those questions are no longer an issue because, first of all, you have your own convictions. Second of all, those things fall off of you. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't happen overnight, but if you're asking those questions, oh, can I have sex? Can I, like, do you even read your Bible? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> right, you know, yeah. so it gets to the point where like, I want you guys to know it's okay to have curiosities and questions and be in doubt in some areas, but if you're asking so many questions mm-hmm. about entertaining the flesh, yes. you have not identified with the spirit quite wow. yet. Yeah, and that's really. worlding change. I was going to just throw that in there that I heard someone say that that's the saddest question you can ask. Is this sin? Mm-hmm. Because what you're saying is like you're looking for what's permissible mm-hmm. for your flesh. And what you should be looking for is how do I grow closer to Jesus? Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, to add, yep. on, to add on to it, I guess what both of you are saying too, um, when I first 
first of all, I feel like there are people who say they want Jesus, but they don't really want Jesus. Of course. That's you know a, what I'm saying? A, and I feel like, quite you know, a majority, actually. like your, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your journey, your search, like your desk, what you do will show and, and it'll show to God. Like he's not in it for like the cheap relationship. Like I'm here when you want me kind of thing. Like he's like, I want, I want, I'm here to live with you. So when I first got saved, like going back to that, to continue, to continue that testimony, there was a moment where I was like, wait, I have never read my Bible. I don't know. Wait, I want to know who God is. How about I try to go to the word <laughs> instead of asking him, like, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me, you know? <laughs> so when I first read the Bible, I, I would I started learning and getting in the habit of praying to the Holy Spirit. Like, I want you, like, Holy Spirit, I've glanced at this before. Like, I, I need you now to show me, like, the truth yep. in it, like, the flesh in it. You know, I want it to pierce me through. Um, and as I was reading it, after a few days or a few weeks, I started getting so hungry for it, yeah. where the Holy Spirit himself gave me the conviction. Like, you're not eating alone. Like, you're eating with my word. And there was a conviction that I got, like, where I told my flesh, I was like, I'm not feeding you food without feeding my spirit yeah. because I'm trying to overdo you because yeah. I've spent X amount of years, 19 years feeding serving you, you, giving right, you everything serving you. Wanted. So it's not going to be so easy. And I'm right. just trying to flip the switch. The flesh is going to fight back a bit. Yep. So to say like the Holy Spirit is there as our counselor, oh, yeah. as our helper, like he knows it's going to be tough, but yep. there's all there, you know, there, that's what prayer is for. And an extension of it, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I think we we need to tap more into that because you know we, again, especially with the Bible. I think someone told me one day, "Why do you read the Bible so much? How do you do it?" I'm like, I don't have some alarm in my house to be like, "Read the Bible today." It's like you gotta just do it. Like uh, some yeah. people think, Lower like it's like, like now don't get me wrong, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> now don't get me wrong, like. Um, just like habits with people, after a certain time, you like to do it. But there's been times I read the Bible for three months straight, and then a month I didn't go reading it. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like what Ika was saying. It's like you're gonna have those moments. You're gonna have yeah. moments where it's like, okay, God, I'm kind of struggling, and what do I do? Because a new season came, a new challenge came, yeah. a new obstacle came, and God's teaching you how to overcome that. But again, the answer to so many people trying to identify with God is it's in the word, man. God just reveals so much power through the word. And yeah. if you can find a way not to... Re- not to religiously read the Bible, because right. I feel like people right. just read the Bible and they're, they're reading the context and the, his, the history of it. But when you read led and guided by the Holy Spirit, and if you don't know what that means, I suggest you get somebody to sit next to you and read it with you yeah. because you need that guidance when you're reading. You know, So I feel like, yeah, like you said, the Bible is, is so imperative. But again, it's not going to happen every single day because you're passionate about it. It's going to happen because you know your flesh is looking right. to get back in control. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and that's interesting because a year ago around this time, actually, before this time, I remember I spoke to my pastor and I kind of sat down from leadership and everything because I wasn't in the condition to actually be a leader. That's amazing, by the way. And in that moment, that season, I had a transition. I started to be like, okay, um, it's like what Sammy was saying. uh, What is permissible for me to do now because I'm no longer in church, I'm no longer a leader, I don't have Mm. these things to kind of hold me down. It was like, you're not valuable anymore. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You have no value here. (laughs) But then in that that season, it was like I didn't want I wanted God but still be able to do whatever I wanted to do yep. I didn't go into the world uh, I, I didn't go fornicating I didn't drink I didn't do anything so no, you created your own world right I created my own world exactly <laughs> I was just watching sports nice watching yeah. movie watching porn mm-hmm. and just being in my little world there right. and then worship but, God every now and then yeah exactly <laughs> I, w- I wasn't going to church I, well I was going but I w- wasn't going to every service and, but it wasn't until I was in, in my alone time with God that I was like God where are you like what 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 happened during this whole time wow. but one of the things I learned during this entire season was that there had to be a surrender 
there had to be that sacrifice, that moment of surrender and sacrifice. Because the same thing happened to me after watching sports, TV, pornography, you know, just being with my friends and everything. One of the things that I learned in these last couple months to from from last year to now is that it takes a daily surrender and daily the 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 transition of before just binge watching and stuff Mm. now that time like like you said earlier is an exchange i took all of that and i said god i give you all of these i lay these things down and i pick up what you're trying to give me that time now i take it to worship him that time i take it to um to pray to read the word to read books and i don't just spend the time to just be like okay you know i'm just spending this day here and there Mm. just spending some time but like you said though there are seasons or there are moments that it's like okay i'm right here and then there's a week that's like oh boy (laughs) no like what just happened i share with Ika. when was it on thursday or when wednesday i was like i feel blah wow i really feel blah. i've had the blah moments and blahs are okay right yeah Yeah. blahs are not bad they they definitely happen but i identify why i was feeling that when i and 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 i tell her i think it's been like a week that my relationship with god kind of went down a bit like Mm. instead of a rising like like let's say it was like at 50 percent let's just give it a standard a fit fit 50 percent now it was like a a 35 and i just feel blah like i need to go home and just spend time with my father yes spend time there can we normalize that please not just reading and praying and fasting just spend time with him yeah Yeah. what i'm hearing you say though that there's an intentionality behind it Mm. like you made time like you had that on your mind like on your agenda it's not just gonna flow like water through you by the way that's it it's just to touch on what you said and Kevin saying, it's impossible. You have to do that. That's yeah. the only way to do it. There's no, there's no such yeah. thing as like, oh, God's going to create time in my schedule by showing up and talking to me. No. Right. You got to create time in your schedule because right. God, the, listen, it all goes back to Genesis. He made you a steward. Yep. So you got to steward time, money, everything, and you got to be like, this is how I got to appropriate it. Yes. Amen. Well, no, I, I love that. I, I personally had those moments too, Kevin. You kind of ministered me a lot in there. I do want to say something for people listening. I commend you a lot for what you said in the beginning. Uh, stepping down from leadership. Mm. We have so many mic chasers and pulpit chasers that it's like, for someone to be like, listen, I'm not in the right heart to do this. Can you give me a month or two? And it's crazy because I think a lot of pastors and leaders are not ready to hear that yeah. because I've, I've put so much time into you. I've groomed you. What happened yeah. to you? Oh, if you're man. not in the, if you're not after the well-being of a soul, then oh, yeah. are we just like workers? Are we just employees that just fill gaps and, and look right. good, you know? So yeah. for you, man, I commend you for that. I, I even myself as a pastor, some, um, I had to get to the point where I'm like, listen, I got kids, so I gotta, I gotta go be a dad. Gonna see like Kenny put up the peace sign. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys, sorry, uh, insert peace sign here. You know, I, I got to the point where I'm like, I have a priority I gotta deal with. You know, and if yeah. I, and also, if I'm gonna keep this up, that means I gotta be a dad, and that means my relationship with God's gonna fall. Yeah. Because let me just reiterate something to people listening right now: you can preach, you can teach, and you can do all these things in church, but that's not alone time with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You doing Ooh. those things does not mean that you have intimacy with God. It is the byproduct of intimacy yeah. with God. But you need to find time where it's like I'm taking time out of my day to say, Lord, I want to seek you. And to top it on that, put the cherry on top. You don't only have intimacy exclusively for preaching and teaching. You have it simply because you are a spirit that needs to eat of that nutrition, not always of the flesh. That is so true because that happened to me. Because I I went to study um, pastoral ministry in Naya College. Mm. And for four years... That was it. It was I, I was 
reading the word for schoolwork. Yes. I was reading the word to preach, yes. to teach the youth, but I didn't have that intimacy with God. Mm-mm. And it wasn't until my senior year that I noticed him like, you know what? I need to have my moment with God yes. because I saw the brokenness. I saw that that I was already in a, in, in a place that I saw things going downhill. Yep. That's when, when the things happened. And that was 2019. Yes. And it still kept rolling. Like, yes, I started make, making those changes. Yep. But the effect was there already. The, the byproduct of me neglecting my mm-hmm. relationship with God, it started to build up that it took a season of three years for me to go and recognize what happened, yep. for God to come and heal me Ooh. from what happened, for me to actually now be able to be like, okay, now I'm standing up with Christ Let's helping me begin stand up. Exactly. Yes. It's a and new I journey even, again. And with me too, it's the same thing as being a, a husband and a, and a wife. It's like if I just am a husband when needed, mm. Like, what about when I'm not needed? Yeah. So I'm just not a husband anymore? You know, right. so it's like you have to realize that that relationship is just happening at all times. And I, what I love about God is you don't ask for assignments. He gives assignments, yeah. which means you're not going to be like, okay, I'm going to pray and give me an assignment. No, he's like, I need you to live with me because at any moment I'm going to say, go talk to this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, that's one thing that we, we kind of forget where we say, God, how come you haven't used me? He's like, I've used you before. Mm-hmm. You so when I knock and I call, you're not answering. Because you only think that I use you in a pulpit. You only think I use you in a classroom. Versus I use you anywhere and everywhere, which is why we need to have just relationship. Forget about what needs to get done. Forget about how big your church has to be. If you do what I say, that's the ultimate form of obedience and success. Well, that's a good, such a good point to, to another podcast we're going to record soon called um, Walking by the Spirit, yes. yeah. where we were definitely going to touch on things like that, yeah. too. Mm. But... You know, I also wanted to reiterate, too, I don't know if anyone else has anything to say, but this whole conversation isn't just for people who are new believers, who are new yep. converts. Mm-hmm. I found myself at a point where I was serving God, and then um, I found myself then serving God for the wrong reason, where I was serving the people, not yeah. God. And then I had to ask myself again, wait, who is Jesus again? Yes. You know, ask myself the question. So even if you have been a believer for a while, or like you were born in the Christian church or in the, you know, in, in a Christian home, like listen to the podcast or send it to someone too, because it's yeah. refreshing. You know, sometimes we need to be reminded, I believe. And there's a thing is that, um, I said that Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior 2012, right? But this happened a year ago. So it was nine years within me being yeah. a Christian yep. that things started to, like, I started to notice all these things and it was like, okay, no, these, these are bad habits and these are things that need to change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if you're not a new believer, if you've been in church for a long time, use these moments. Like, go deeper with God. Yeah. Find out what God wants to speak to you. Because God is going to speak to every single one of us differently. It's not going to be the same way. So for the way that God is going to speak to Sammy, is going to be a, dif- a different way. When he wants to speak to me, it will be a, dif- a different way. And at his timing. Because we always have this expectation, like you were saying before, we enter into this culture of, I want it now, microwave, mm. that we forget that it's not our timing, it's God's timing. Yep. So when he wants to give it to us or speak to us at his way, that's when we're, we're going to see it, not when we want to. Come on. No, that's truly amazing. That's why, I actually, I, um, I don't know. I'm not sure about people. I'm not, I'm not sure really about people, but yeah. while I'm more like, like for me, I have never campaigned myself to preach at a church because mm. I believe in God's timing that he is preparing me for where I have to go. There was a point where I got invited to four churches in a month and I'm like, I don't even know who you guys are. I don't know how you got my name <laughs> right. or anything. Yeah. But for me, it's like, don't get me wrong. If you do it, I am not condemning you. I understand you're working for the kingdom. But for me, it's like, I much rather be like, I'm going to do my alone time because the ultimate depiction of that is Joseph. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody know where Joseph was. He was in a prison cell rotting away. And then he's like, oh, we need someone to run Egypt right now. Joseph, you, shave your beard and come up here. 
Like, why do you think that happened? Because Joseph, when he shaved him, he found out he was handsome? No, he was already chosen pre that. Yep. Yeah. So for me, it's yeah. like, you have to realize if you just keep diving in with God, what I really feel like God wants in this generation are people who are just after his heart. That's it. Yes. If he it's can, so simple. If he can find yeah. someone who is so passionate about his kingdom and so passionate about him, it doesn't matter who's in front of you. He can put you in front of everybody. He, yeah. can, get, he can get you in the most exclusive, highly protected areas of anywhere on this globe. But if you're with him in heart and spirit. And I feel like that's why getting to know Jesus is huge because so many souls are being lost. So many people are, are absent of his spirit. So many churches are, are kind of preaching him, but as like almost like a way to get their will done. And I feel like that's such a, you know, it's a, it's a mischievous kind of, you know, weird, deceptive way. So I think for, for anyone listening to this podcast, like Ika said, and everyone was saying, um, it doesn't matter where you've been in church or if you if you're in leadership in level seven leadership, whatever church your church does. Level but, seven. Right. Because people have some crazy stuff, you know? Like I'm tercer cielo de apostolic. No, it's like, no, like, dude, I get it. So <laughs> I want I want you guys to understand something. I heard something that really rattled my bones, kind of speak. And if someone told me, I already know because I've been in the gospel for twenty five years. Oh. And I'm like, that's dangerous. Ouch. Because what you're telling me is that you've limited heaven and you've limited the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And you're telling me the Holy Spirit cannot convict you on further things. Yeah. And so in my heart, it's like I told myself, instead of me be first of all, my, my initial thought was like, oof, I wanted to. <laughs> but my, my secondary thought, my Holy Spirit thought, so to speak, was like, I need you to hear that because you're going to need that later on in life. And because if you don't, if you think that I'm only with you for a season and then you go off and it's almost like he's college. Holy Spirit is college. Mm -hmm. Four years and I'm graduating from you and I'm done with you. Like, no, yeah. it's <laughs> like you have to live with him every single day. So for if you're a leader out here and you're like leading, let's just say a, a huge discipleship group, you're in charge of the houses of hope, whatever it is, and you're struggling and you're sitting, and just admit it. Yeah. yeah. It's over. You know, Holy Spirit, talk to your mentor. Say, listen, I'm not sure if you received this. Even walk up to him and say, I don't really, I'm not even mad what your decision is going to be. Whether they cut me off, sit me down, advance yeah. me, applaud me. I'm going to tell you my heart. Yeah. Because I need to be right with you and with God. It's all I care about. Yeah. Stop yeah. looking for the yes. over-glorification of things. Stop looking for like, I have to keep this. Why? Because it's value. Yeah. In this past year, in 10 months, my father passes away. I'm anointed pastor. I became an author in the first three months. I'm like, wow, this thing is going yeah. high waters now, right? <laughs> yeah. From October to now, I have never felt I was. I'm gonna be very open with you guys. More useless. My only my only job was be a dad. I'm like that can't be a job, Lord. I was teaching young adults. I was writing. You know, and so like, just be a father. And I'm just like right. But what else can I do? Can I go preach? I had to give the young adults to Nicole. Uh, my mother was still you know doing things up top. So like I was in this weird purgatory of just uselessness. Right. Like what did I do wrong? Right. So like God, like I worked so much for you. But then God was telling me he's like Ken. It's not that you're in uselessness. Like, we forget that when we read uh, about Jesus being led to the desert, we read a fast-forwarded version of that. Yeah. Yeah. When he was led to the desert, there was a lot of time there where yeah. he was yeah. just in alone time with God. Mm -hmm. So, And then, obviously, Satan came and so on and so forth. But for me, it's like you have to get to that moment where it's like, even when I'm not working, I'm productive because yeah. intimacy means everything. Yeah, because right. what if God tells you, I had to silence you for a year because yes. there was a lot on the horizon that you were not going to be possibly ready wow. for. Yeah. But I had to calm your heart, your spirit, prepare you mentally, get you ready because now it's time to work. Yeah. Versus yeah. a bad father would say, I don't care how busy you are, go do this. Yeah. And now we get triggered, we get traumatic, and then we connect God to be someone who's not good. Right. And God will never taste some say something that will remove the ti the title goodness from him. 
Right. He's always good, you know? So you know, for like the Ika said and everything, I just feel like to end the, my part of this podcast that if you're really having a struggle with who Jesus is, I promise you, surrender, everything is huge. And I think this last thing too, repentance. You know, I, what was the first message that John the Baptist and Jesus said when they came? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. You know, I think we have to get back to repentance and surrender because you can't possibly see what's wrong with you if you're running 100 miles an hour. Mm. Yeah. You got to know mm. that you have to stop, take a breath, analyze the situation and go from there. Definitely. Beautiful. Yeah. I was One, hoping. Mm, yeah. Sorry. Do you want to add something? Or? Yeah, I just wanted to add what Kenny yep. was saying is that there are seasons. And one thing that I've learned is that there's seasons where God is calling you to be the teacher. But there are seasons that God is calling you to be the student. 100%. And, and it's time for you sometimes to just step back and be like, okay, I have Which to stand still and let God do what he needs to do. Yes. If it's my season for me to sit down and just hear or just let God, you know, guide me into wherever he needs to lead me, that's the season. Because God is leading you there. Which is why humility is so yes. necessary. Because yeah. you can go from top to the bottom in two seconds yeah. or bottom Definitely. top in two seconds. <laughs> you never, you never yeah. know. It's, yeah. it's just, it's all according because God is doing something. His Definitely. plan is perfect, you know? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask Kenny if you could close us out in prayer for this episode. Absolutely not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much first for bringing us all together here and just releasing your word, your wisdom, what you want to do today. God, I just want to pray for everyone who is currently listening to this episode, people who think they've known you, people who are struggling to know you, and people who flat out don't know you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would bring conviction in this moment. You would bring such a, a fathering presence, Lord, to where they're at and fill them with your love. Fill them with who you are, your richness of your mercy, your glory, everything that is necessary in this moment that they can identify that Jesus Christ is King. He is the Messiah. He is the Redeemer. He is the friend. He is everything we ever need. I'm praying over this podcast, not only for the content, but the people in this podcast, my friends, Kevin, Sammy, and Ika, and Carlos, God, I pray, Lord, that you would begin to fill them with more wisdom, fill them with more uh, topics that are going to impact this generation. Give them guidance, Lord, to get access into the souls of the lost, access into the souls of the curious, God. We're praying against everything that's trying to take advantage of these young men and women to lead them further astray. And we, God, I ask that you would shine a light on this episode, on this podcast station, shine a light that would be a beacon of hope to so many people who truly need to know who Jesus is. I also ask you, God, to humble us, to keep us in a humble state forever. Because at the end of the day, glorifying the name of Jesus is much more significant than anything. God, even the business we open, the preachings we do, whatever it is, knowing you and loving you and understanding you could be the greatest thing that we ever accomplished, God. So I thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much for this fellowship. And we thank you, God, that people who are hearing this right now are receiving that instant conviction, that instant love, that instant hug that satisfies all's and all needs. And in Jesus' mighty name, the King of Kings, we pray. Amen. Amen. These talks will be ready for your ears to hear every Tuesday mornings on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions, prayer petitions, or cries of outrage, you can reach us at our social media, realfaith.realtalks, on Facebook and on Instagram.